This editorially independent podcast is supported by Visit Flanders. Lambic brewers always have a kind of collaborations. Huh? So blending is, is something that is really a part of goose mating. My name is Brendan Kearney, and you're listening to the Belgian Smack podcast. Tour de Geuze is an event which takes place every two years, in which members of Haral, a group of Lambic breweries and blenderies in Belgium, open their doors to the public for a whole weekend. The Tour de Geuze was scheduled for 2021, but because of Covid and the restrictions on travel and on hospitality and, you know, like groups coming together, just couldn't go ahead. I have to say, the Tour de Huse is usually a really special event. It started in 1997, and it just gets bigger and better every year. You know, the world of Lambic is so unique. It's filled with incredible history and compelling characters, obviously wonderful beers, and like this special backdrop of villages. There are chartered buses that run specific routes during the Tour de Huse, as thousands of people make their way across the Bergenland from site to site during the weekend. They're listening to live music, you know, they're drinking Eau de Huse and Eau de Creek and a, a bunch of other wonderful Lambic beers. It's really sad that it couldn't go ahead this year as intended. But to fill the gap, a new event was proposed, the Tour de Huse at Home, showcasing each of the Lambic breweries and blenderies in specially filmed videos, as well as a series of interactive live sessions during which the public could ask questions of the brewers and blenders. So Horal teamed up with Visit Flanders, Tourism Vlaams Brabant and a live event streaming company called Bitstream to set up a small studio in one of the most respected beer cafes in Belgium for Lambic, Café in the Verzekering tegen de Grote Dorst in the village of Ezeringen. Lieselot Gaura of Beer Secrets hosted the event and I moderated the live sessions with brewers and blenders. So we had perspex screens between us, we we wore our masks religiously between the streams and to follow the Belgian Covid guidelines, we didn't share any beer at all during the event. You know, we we wanted it to be safe and it really was. So what you're about to hear is my conversation during the Tour de Huse with Frank Bone of Brouwerij Bone in which we discuss the 2021 Mega Blend. Now the Mega Blend is a special blend which contains Lambic from each of the Haral members and it's released just for the Tour de Huse when it's on every two years. Now the questions that I'm asking Frank are coming in from a live chat feed. 
So before the conversation, you know, I have no idea what Frank will be asked or what we will be asked to talk about. And this interactive format is actually quite brilliant because the public, you know, very rarely gets to ask questions directly to these Lambic brewers and blenders in a live scenario like this. You can watch all the sessions now in their entirety on the website tourdehuse.be. That's tour t o e r de d e huse g e u z e dot b e. But for now, sit back, listen, and enjoy the highlights of day one of the Tour de Huse at home. Frank Bone, welcome to the Tour de Huse at home. Good evening, uh, Brennan. Frank Bone of Brauerei Bone and the blender of the Mega Blend 2021. Um, just to point out to people, there is a, a Perspex uh, pain between us for COVID reasons. And of course, we're not able to share a beer now just to respect the Belgian law about uh, Harika and everything. But um, we have tasted the beer and you know we're going to talk about that now. So um, I guess maybe a very simple first question would be, you know, some people will know what it is, others won't. What is uh, the Mega Blend? Well, um we created the Mega Blend in uh, 2009 for the first time. And the idea was to make uh, a blend of uh, lambics of uh, all um, members of uh, Horal, Horal, which, which is the, uh, um, the association of uh, uh, lambic brewers. And so, uh, as you know, uh, when we produce a bottle of Goes, we are always blending lambic from different years. And blenders, they will also blend lambic from eventually different breweries. So my idea was, uh, why shouldn't we do a, a little test or or create something like a blend with lambic from the the members of uh, Oral? So it started in 2009. It was very successful. We uh, we launched that at the Tour de Gueuse 2009. The blend was made in 2008. To be sure. And so, um, and later on, every two years, we made uh, a new blend. Yeah, I mean, it's a really interesting concept because, of course, the beer itself is interesting. You've got, you know, different uh, lambics coming together and there's a, a, a kind of a flavor challenge. But as a symbol, it's also, I think, quite a powerful thing because it's kind of a symbol of unity that, you know, all these guys, they're doing their own thing individually but actually they can contribute something which creates a product together. Yeah, this is, this is, that is not easy because uh, what, I hear, what I hear from other brewers, they say, how, how do you manage to collaborate uh, between 10 competitors to, to make, to make uh, one prediction uh, uh, together? But uh, brewers must know, or other brewers maybe, they don't know that Lambic brewers always have a kind of collaborations. The whole, the whole uh, system, or the whole way of making this beer takes a lot of time. There can be problems. Someone can have problems with his machine, with his equipment, with beer stock. So it's not exceptional that uh, Lambic can be supplied from one brewery to another, or that uh, blenders will uh, buy Lambic wort, or eventually all Lambic when there is a uh, shorts of supply. So blending is is something that is really a part of goes making. And that's that collaboration or spirit of collaboration is actually 
because of that built into the DNA of, of this world of Lambic? Yes, and because um, we, uh, our brewery and, and, and some other breweries, they supply blenders. So finally, our beers meet each other um, in the warehouse of the, the blenders. Mm -hmm. So when I go to blenders and I ask them, are you happy with the beer we supplied? Can we have a little taste? Uh, often we also taste uh, Lambic from other suppliers in the casks of our uh, blenders. Yeah. So uh, Full circle. it helps. Yeah. And, um, you know, I think what's unique about this year's blend is that I think it's the first time that you've used 10 different Lambics. So previously, you know, there's been nine or, or maybe there's been fewer as you go back. Fewer, yes. So <laughs> is it more challenging to incorporate more Lambics? Uh, yes, it is because um, um, what can I tell you um, without um, telling you some secrets? <laughs> oh, nobody's watching. Tell us the secrets, Frank. <laughs> no, but it is it it is it is not easy, but it is possible as you as you can or you, as you taste it, it is absolutely possible. Yeah. So I mean, okay, we'll we'll get to some questions um, from from the the people that are watching now, but just so that. Um, people can understand what's the, the actual process. Are you driving around the Poyota land, stopping off in the breweries and blenderies, discussing what you're getting, tasting, and then having that sent to bone where you then taste again before blending? Or like, give me the kind of, put me in the room or in the car. How do you go about sort of discussing all the different parts of the blend? Okay. So my first job uh, is, and this year I did it with my son, Joss, because uh, as you know, I'm retired since the 1st of January. So um, I did this. Congratulations. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I don't well, think you're really retired, but yeah. <laughs> um, so the first thing is to make a blending plan. Knowing about, because there is participation of the brewers and the blenders, but some will uh, send us more beer and others uh, smaller quantities because the size of the blenderies and the breweries is different. So uh, the first thing is, is a plan, a blending plan with the volumes where I can see which blender or brewery will, will bring what volume. Um, for our own brewery, we, there is nothing determined. Because, because you I, need to remain flexible. I can, yes. Well, you have a huge stock of, of Lambic of different ages and, and different uh, styles. So we can finally, uh, at the end, uh, make a move to, to get everything working. So the, the first work is a plan. And then I go to the breweries from where I know that the Lambics will be, uh, that they don't have much choice. I mean, uh, it depends on Smaller the stock or on, on, on younger the, or the size of the stock or the style or, or a smaller or largest uh, cask. So I will, I know I cannot ask them, uh, another, another type of lambic if, if it's not, if it does not fit. So you so want to I give start them with that. Yeah, uh, yeah. I start with that. And then, um, and mainly with the lambics with more volatile acidity and with more uh, sourness. I start with those. And then um, um, I go at the, the blendery or the brewery, uh, taste the beer, accept it. We take two samples, mm -hmm. one sample for analysis at our laboratory mm -hmm. and another sample, which is just to, to control whether the beer they sent is the same. Ah, okay, okay. <laughs> That's smart. And I mean, are you are you controlling or in your lab, are you, is, it, is it mostly like, you know, the, 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 
microbiological? I will tell you. Okay. <laughs> so next job is the, for the, the, the saunas of the lamb. I need my saunas uh, balance. And then there is the, uh, the balance between one, two and three years. Mm-hmm. You need about uh, 60% of one year, about uh, 30% of two years, and 10% of three years old beer. Yeah. And so uh, I have to fit uh, these uh, uh, things. Yeah. And then we will uh, test in laboratory degree of fermentation to see whether technically it's possible to do a re-fermentation. Yes. Because when there is no extract left, it will not ferment. Of course. If there is too much, uh, it's problematic for the for the re-fermented beer in the bottle. Uh, that is one thing. And then there is uh, the most difficult thing, control on microbiology, to see whether all the bugs that are in the beer, that they are desirable. De- are desirable and that it works, so that we yeah. don't have surprises with uh, yeah. over-attenuated uh, beers. So, I mean, is this this plan, which you know sounds wonderful, is, is it a complex spreadsheet of residual sugar numbers and, you know, amounts and quantities, or is it a little bit more up in your head? Both. Both, yes. And and you mentioned about the control sample. Has anyone tried to send you a sample of beer which was different to the sample that you pulled on tasting? No, no answer. <laughs> no answer, okay. No good. Answer. Okay, good. Um, we can talk more about how the blend went. We'll maybe get some of these questions here. Um, okay. Um, uh, yeah, so, so Beeras People asks, what do you take into account when making a blend with 10 or so different beers? We've kind of answered that, but maybe, you know, it's like, um, are, are, are there, with the smaller amounts, do you want to include as much of that as possible? Or are you kind of saying, we'll, we'll, we'll get it in, but in a smaller quantity, if it's got a higher volatile acidity that might not suit what we're looking for? Yeah, well, this is, this, there are certain rules, so they, I, I have to uh, have to be, be between some uh, some limits. But of course, there is uh, there is a lot of um, uh, tastes that uh, that or, or components that are blended, and there is always a surprise part mm-hmm. because, as you know, um, if you make a blend with uh, say component one and component two, these two they may v- give you taste number three. Sure. Not not too too different, but number three, something different. Yeah. Uh, you may you may have phenolic components, for example, they will mask taste. Mm-hmm. If you lower uh, by blending the phenolic components, other tastes will appear that yeah. are masked. They have been masked before, and so and some other. So and then of course all the the the, the yeast, the wild yeast, uh, they they will act and they will also create. Uh, or not new tastes. And that's but where it works. It's, be, be, it's all uh, between boundaries. Sure. Uh, it works. And that's where experience comes in, you know, because yeah. you, you have, you can kind of see in a way because of what you've tasted before where it might go. Um, and, you know, that experience is interesting because you started as a blender actually, and you have worked with a lot of the other breweries warts before. So I guess a question might be, do you kind of know what you might expect to get from a certain Brewery or blandery in terms of oh, yes yes yeah so you kind of have yes, an idea yes, yes. So what I you're going to get uh, I can uh, I can ask them the type of beer that I ask them is it possible would you have this or that in 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 stock is that available yeah. uh, in casks yeah would yeah. you have something in that style yeah and if okay. not okay we, we we find the solutions and uh, so yeah. as you said uh, doing that since 1975 I just looked at the, at the number I think it's about 
3,000 blends I made since then. Okay. So, so this is 3,001. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Um, let's see what, what questions are coming in here. Um, um, uh, Oda Yoss asks, what is the best vintage of the Mega Blend so far? Hmm. The best uh, vintage? So I think ah. you, you, they started, I think, in 2009? 2009, yes. So, so do you have a, an opinion on which one you're most proud of? Um, difficult to say, because um, uh, this is, of course, a, a project of, of all members of Horo, and each, uh, each edition is different, and each edition has its own character, and it develops a character by aging. So uh, I know they all develop nice uh, characters, uh, maybe the first ones, 2009, 2011, or more 2009, uh, did not age so well as the last one, but they still they are still very nice. So uh, because uh, much more oxygen uptake uptake by blending, so the technology in 2009 was not totally what, the, yeah. what it is today. Uh, there has also been an evolution, but uh, but this one is a nice one, and it will be. A very very nice one to to age. So yeah, to, tell me tell me about like how, what this the flavor profile of this one and how it's different maybe to the other mega blends. Um, this one is uh, very uh, um, what you could call spritzy. Eh? It's uh, quite some carbon dioxide. Has a carbonic bite. Yeah, carbonic bite has nine point five uh, CO two. Yeah, so uh, that is a very good start because your CO two uh, is bound. Uh, is, has a better binding by aging. Mm -hmm. That's one thing. And then you might also al always lose some CO2 uh, through the cork. And uh, so normally the, the pouring uh, will be in the beginning, uh, you have to be very prudent. Use normal large glasses. If you pour it in a very small glass, it will be mm -hmm. difficult. You have a lot of foam. Otherwise you have to pour it in, in a jar. Mm -hmm. It's also possible. Um, but um, but this one will age uh, very well. It has still it has some some funk on the nose mm -hmm. and some some what is called mousiness or what is horse sweat. Mm -hmm. um, but um, these these may be off flavors when the beer is young, but uh, it's always a sign of a very good quality when it ages. So uh, if someone asks, um, should we drink it now or? Age it. Yes. I think let it age uh, for one or two years. I think two years and then it will be uh, yeah, to get the, the finer. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Great. More elegant. Yeah. Yeah. More elegant. Um, a question here on the blending. Um, do they get mixed and bottled immediately or do they get mixed and stay in a barrel or other vessel for a period before bottling? That's from Iris and Walter. You know, it's uh, as, as soon as, as we decide the uh, uh, how the blend will be, uh, brewers and blenders send send their beer, um, or we or we go there and and get it. We have uh, a truck that is uh, especially equipped with stainless steel uh, uh, small stainless steel tanks to supply the blender, so we can take uh, beer from them in these containers. And uh, and then as soon as it comes to the brewery, we avoid oxygen uptake. It is cooled to uh, to avoid any. Uh, um, bacterial or, or uh, fermenting action uh, immediately, yeah. and then it is blended, calmed down. Uh, we wait that everything is is well clarified, yeah. and then when it's clarified, we do final control, 
mm-hmm. in laboratory, and then when everything is okay, go go. Okay, cool. Um, then we have um, yeah, there was there was a few questions there about the Mega Blend letting it age, and I think we've answered that. So maybe you're saying three, four, five years. Uh, it'll become a more more elegant beer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This yeah. is this aging pot, uh, potential certainly. Yeah, Logan is asking um, about. Um, he says Frank has incredible knowledge of past and present. How would he describe the profile of lambic brewers and blenders today versus in the past? Now I'm not sure what he's asking specifically, but you know, is there a? Do you feel a different vibe about when you started with René de Witt to, to to 2021? Uh, oh yes. Um, the question is that um, in the 1960s and 70s, uh, honestly, the quality of, of Goes uh, was not what we, we can find on the market today. So when I started in 75, one of the, the most difficult jobs was not only to revive uh, Goes or to do the same thing as my predecessor, René, but also find solutions for all uh, the technical problems. Mm-hmm. And these are not technical problems or, or you don't have to add magical liquids to, to, to solve all the problems. It's often questions of, of temperatures, of, of oxygen, problems of equipment. At that moment, there were a lot of iron tanks with, with, um, coatings, bronze uh, valves, uh, with grease on the valves, etc. This kind of equipment. Old-fashioned equipment uh, does not give the the best uh, goes. It's what we had at that moment. Mm-hmm. But a lot of uh, lambic breweries closed down because they could not compete with top fermenting or other beers. Mm-hmm. And one of the reasons was that their technical quality was not there. Mm-hmm. Oxidized yeah. beers, corks coming off. We had no champagne corks, mm-hmm. just wine corks. In summer times, in summertime, corks came off. And then they, uh, yeah, okay, we knew that. Uh, that was just something that happened. If it's hot outside, uh, don't don't go to, don't get in the brewery because yeah. cork come off. Yeah. And then uh, so it, I, some did not supply customers in summertime because they couldn't they couldn't transport the goods because the corks would come off. Things like that. So as uh, you know, as the equipment has evolved, so too has the lambic. Is basically yeah, yeah, what yeah. you've seen. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. The, the the equipment. Uh, which is at our disposal today uh, is fantastic, yeah. not only for lambic brewers, but for the whole uh, craft world. Yeah, yeah. And so uh, it gives us the best goes we've ever made. Yeah. Um, Henry asks, are there any microbiological risks by bringing lambics from different breweries to your own for blending? Not for our brewery. So uh, I mean, yeah. uh, in, in our brewery, all the blending is done in stainless steel uh, vessels. Everything is CIP cleaned, uh, controlled for microbiology. So there is no, uh, yeah. no, and I'm not afraid. And in general, there is no, there is no big, uh, big issue or problem with the beers uh, that have completely fermented and, and at that low pH. Yeah. Don't see problems. Uh, Bracht asks, um, with a live Tour de Huse, uh, and the, the Tour de Huse postponed to 2022. Will there be a mega blend 2022? Ah, good question. <laughs> <laughs> I think you have to, to ask uh, all my colleagues because um, it will be a blend for uh, my son uh, Joss to make. I will help him if he asks so. But uh, so is this is is this your final lead, sort of on a, on a mega blend? If you will assess the Oscar? probably yes, probably yes, probably yeah. so. But uh, I think they will make. Uh, 
I'm, I'm not sure you, uh, Geert could, could have asked that question, but, uh, uh, because it's their de- decision. But if they make one, I, I will help them. Yeah. Okay. Fantastic. Um, Yuri is asking who was the ideologue of the first mega blend? So I guess who was the one person who pitched I, it? Yes. Yeah. As I said that finally, finally, um, because, uh, every brewer pays a contribution for each bottle and it makes, uh, it's, also the, the financing Horal. Eh? Mm-hmm. So I said you have to finance Horal and to, to, to have a participation of large and smaller breweries. And so that you don't feel it in your wallet. Mm-hmm. Why not do a, a mega blend and contribute? Uh, everyone can compre- cont- uh, contribute with a bottle. Yeah. And, um, so, um, it was accepted. So that's yeah. the first time that, that, I think in the world of lambic that a blend was made with so much uh, lambics and now t- 10, 10 uh, different blenderies. Yeah, absolutely. Very ambitious. Getting more ambitious every, every year. Um, <laughs> Peter asks, uh, what kind of flavor profile have you sought in this year's mega blend? Uh, well, uh, my blending plan, my blending plan has uh, some rules, but not really strict rules in what, what style it will be. Because I have to work with lambics, uh, that are supplied by the other colleagues. So, so if three colleagues, uh, supply quite phenolic lambic, I have to find, uh, a yeah, blend. So you for, have a range within which you yeah, can I know operate. phenolic lambic, they, they are very fine sometimes. Uh, it's too phenolic and then, then you would think it's, it's burnt plastic, things like that. So, so, but I know that with phenolics, I can make something, uh, fine. It gives a lot of taste, but you have to not to exaggerate this, the same with yeah. the barnyard uh, side. Uh, it's okay, but, uh, it's like in every good perfume, you can have it, but you can, you don't have to smell it. So, yeah. Yeah. So, um, but as soon as I see what I can have, I see a type of goes I can make. And then finally in my brewery, uh, with Lambic from our brewery, we, we fill the, uh, the thing to, to have a whole, uh, well balanced. So a holistic blend. approach. Yeah. I mean, Iris and Walter ask, you mentioned styles. Can you name one or more of these styles? And I think, you know, do you think about Lambic as in that, in that way that, you know, we have this blendery or brewer produces this style of Lambic and this produces this one? And like, are there a couple of set styles that you have, or okay. is it just a way that you reference it? No, no, we, we, we know the styles of uh, Lambic and, and the old guys, they, they had their names for it in, in Dutch, of course, or in local slang. But, uh, in general, some breweries were known for a mellow Lambic, malt Lambic, eh? mm-hmm. the old breweries like, uh, Van Halen, the Kersmarker, Wolverton, etc. They were known for mellow Lambic. They were very successful. They were so successful that they, they sold their breweries at very high price. Yeah. <laughs> that's and, th- and that's the other that's, side of the metal. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> is that, is that lower like volatile acidity and like a kind of a softer lactic quality? Uh, or, yes. Malsa? Yeah. In fact, it's, it's, uh, it's, uh, created, um, a bit like, uh, you create champagne. So if you, you have a glass of, uh, of champagne, that kind of acidity, that is what brewers were always looking, uh, after. So if it's more ascetic, the style is different. If it's more, uh, lactic, it's really eclectic. It's really dominating. They saw it's, it's hard. It's a hard goes. Okay. Okay. It's hard, but it's very refreshing in summer times. If it's, uh, you need some ascetic, otherwise it's, 
Uh, it has no character, mm -hmm. so it's like uh, a little bit of uh, vinegar on your salad. Seasoning, yeah. Yeah, that's what you need. If it's if vinegar is dominating, is if it it's an ascetic goose, normally it's only uh, okay to to prepare rabbit or uh, for the kitchen. Eh? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. It was sold as goose cuisine. So these were the three big types, and then there are subtypes. Mm -hmm. uh, in these three types, lamb can be a bit. Uh, uh, phenolic, mm -hmm. uh, and then we think about uh, spice like uh, clove, things like that, typical for for wheat. Uh, and then you can have the typical um, um, uh, smells of barnyard, mm -hmm. and they are typical for certain varieties of of wheat and and barley, mm -hmm. and and also temperatures at the brew house play an important role, and the kind of uh, casks and the temperatures. So these. Three uh, types, you will find them in the three other. Uh, yeah, styles. they're like subtypes. Yeah, it makes a lot of possibilities. Yeah, and this kind of sounds like, you know, the, the chapters of a book. And I see one of the questions here from Beers I've Known. Would Frank ever consider writing a book on Husa production? <laughs> <laughs> That's a good question. Um, <clears throat> you are number. Uh... <laughs> I think, uh, what's the title of the book? Everything Frank Bone Knows About Lambic Production. <laughs> Yeah, I know they, 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 they asked me uh, uh, many times, but uh, you will see, no promises, but uh, that would maybe be a good idea. So there you have it. That's my conversation with Frank Bone about the 2021 Mega Blend during the Tour de Cusa at home. You can watch all of those sessions in their entirety on the website tourdecusa.be. That's T O E R D E G E U Z E.be. Now, in two previous podcasts, you'll be able to listen back to highlights from the other conversations over the course of the Tour de Cusa at home. In one of those previous podcasts, we shared some highlights from day one, where we talked to Bruno Reinders of Mortsubit, with Thomas van der Lenotte of Timmermans, with Dirk and Geert Lindemans of Brauerei Lindemans, Joop Anels of Lambic Fabriek, and with Hert Christians of Oud Biersel. In the other one, we shared some highlights from day two, where we spoke with John Matthes of Hansen's Artisanal, with Carol and Jos Bone of Brauere Bone, with Pierre Tilquin of Guserie Tilquin, with Carol Godo of Guse Stegere Ode de Cam, and with Paul Raas of Brauere de Troc. So you can go back and listen to both of those podcasts now if you missed them. Thanks to you all for listening. Make sure that you subscribe to the podcast, sign up for our newsletter updates at belgiansmack.com and share the podcast with someone you think might be interested. My name is Brendan Kearney and this has been the Belgian Smack Podcast. Until next time, love what you do.